are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. Are you ready to receive the Word of God this morning? You know, years ago, a guy named Dave came to our church, and um, Dave would hang around a little bit after the service. He was invited by a lady that he had kind of met randomly, and he came back another Sunday, and he came back another Sunday. He just kept coming back, and he would hang around, and he would want to talk a little bit. And I remember one Sunday morning, Dave walked down the aisle at the end of the service, and he knelt down at the altar, and he confessed his sins, and he asked for forgiveness, and he put his faith in Jesus Christ to have the power to save him and make him right in his relationship with God. And then David said, I commit to live my life for you, Jesus, with whatever I've got left. It was, a, it was a wonderful transformation. And as I got to know Dave more, he told me, he said, something had been happening inside of me for a long time, for months and months. I began to feel this desire to know God. Um, I didn't know what to do with that. I, di I didn't know how to deal with that. But finally, when this random person one day invited me to church, I said, of course, because I had something happening inside of me and I wanted to be in a right relationship with God. And then he talked about when he came to the church, how that one Sunday morning that, that the sermon just spoke to him and he couldn't get away from it. And all week he thought about it. And the next week he thought about it. And he talked about specifically one song that really just grabbed hold of his heart. And he said, I could not quit thinking about the song. I could not quit singing the song. And so you say, as we talk about this series that we're in, this journey with Jesus, this journey of grace, you might be saying this morning, how does the journey start? And I would say to you, the journey starts with God. Dave didn't find God. Listen to me, God found Dave. God initiated the whole process. All that was happening, those thoughts that Dave was having about wanting to know more about God, God put them there. The random person who invited him to church, God placed her there. The sermon that spoke to Dave so clearly, God spoke through that sermon. The song that Dave couldn't quit singing, God spoke through that song. And so you may be saying, Rick, I, I hear about this journey with Jesus, leaving life as I am living it now, living the life that I'm now living leaving this life and beginning a journey with Jesus, how, how does that start for somebody? And I would say to you, it starts with God. Now, let me give you some good theology. You want some? Okay, here we go. I'm gonna say a phrase and you say it after me, okay? Prevenient grace. I'm gonna give you a definition for prevenient grace and then you say it after me. You ready? Okay. It is the grace that comes before you might say the grace that comes before what? Before you enter into this journey with Jesus. So John Wesley was a practical theologian and he's helped many of us think more clearly about God. And he said that prevenient grace is like, I'm gonna give you a picture here. I don't think I'm gonna give you a picture. I think everything is just kind of breaking down on me here this morning. 
but we'll get it all booted back up in a minute and we'll be fine, okay? But just imagine a picture of a house with a front porch. You got that in your mind? Okay, so here, here we go. He said, prevenient grace is like the porch. Before you enter into this relationship with Jesus, if going in a house is a good metaphor for entering a relationship with Jesus, prevenient grace is the front porch. Before you get in the house, you gotta be on the porch. And so it's all that God does in your life to draw you, to love you, to speak to you, to place people in your life, to place you in situations. When you lay down at night, you're having all of these thoughts. God's doing something in you. That's prevenient grace. It's the way God meets us. Now, let me tell you something else, okay? You may say, what about a person who is born in a small village in West Africa, and, and that person has never, ever in their life heard about Jesus? They've never heard the gospel. What about that person? How does God reach them? So John Wesley said, I believe that God gives light to every person who has ever lived. So here's what he was saying. You remember John chapter one, verse nine? The light has come into the world that gives light to every man. Wesley believed that. He believed that God gave a certain amount of light to every person who has ever lived. Regardless of their, their culture, regardless of their history, regardless of their religion, and, and God gives them these understandings, three things. To know there is a God, that he is just and merciful, and that this God who is just and merciful will one day judge all people based on what they've done with the light given to them. So, so it's this idea that God reaches everybody. And you may say, Rick, how, how could that be? How could that be? Well, let me take you to Romans chapter one, okay? Romans chapter one, verse 20 says this. It says, for since the creation of time, it's not gonna be there. I thought it might be here. I thought it was fixed. It's not. Since the creation of time, God has made plain about himself these things. His invisible power, his nature, and his glory. And I'm quoting that loosely, okay? In other words, God has made himself known to people through his creation. How can you go out into this world God has created and not know there is a God? So you know how Christianity is different from other religions? In other world religions, the idea is that if we seek God, he will respond. In Christianity, it's the reverse. God first comes to us and gives us the grace to respond. That's what prevenient grace is. So let me take a little bit of time here to talk to you. You may say, Rick, there was one day in my life when I turned to God. And I'm gonna say, okay, I hear you. But you only turned to God because prevenient grace enabled you to do so. God first came to you. So I want to read to you this morning from the book of Ephesians, and somebody's going to have to fetch me a Bible. Here we go. And I got some glasses, so I'm all good. Ephesians chapter 2, 
verses 1 through 10. Are we ready to roll? I have a Bible up here, but it's a different version that I wanted to read to you, and this is going to be just fine, okay? So Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, and here we go. Ephesians chapter 2 says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and in your sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, that spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Speaking of those who are disobedient, all of us also lived among them at one time. We gratified the desires of our sinful nature. We followed its desires and thoughts. What did we serve? Well, like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. We deserved God's wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, can I get a witness? <laughs> Made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace that you and I have been saved. Let me tell you a story. One day, a young man made an appointment to come and meet with me. He had a lot of questions about faith. Now, he didn't profess to be a Christian. He just wanted to talk about faith because he was very curious. In fact, he might have even at that point of his life said, I'm, I'm agnostic. I, I really don't know what I believe about God at all. And so we were talking, and we talked in my office for over an hour. And as we were talking, finally he says to me, um, you know, I just don't know what I believe about God. I'm not saying I don't believe. I just don't know what I believe. And so at some point, I just said something that would be common for me to say. I don't even remember what I said after it. I just, I just know it's, it's what I sometimes say. I said, well, you know, I, I, I felt God speaking to me or God spoke to me. And he says, wait a minute, right there. He said, God has never spoken to me. Never. I said, okay, I hear you. I want to tell you what I believe. It may not be what you believe, but this is what I believe, okay? I said, I believe that the only reason that you are sitting in my office today, the office of a preacher, having a faith conversation, is because God has been speaking to you like crazy. Now, I know I struggled with my technology. And, and I know that we got guests here today. But I think God's doing something in this moment. And if you came into the room and you said, I don't really know what prevenient grace is or why it's important to me, I think you understand it right now. Because I think there are many of us in the room, and it might be all of us in the room that would say, I know what you're talking about now. Before I came to Jesus, or maybe you would say, I've not yet come to Jesus, but I know what it is to have God talk to me through my thoughts, through my conscience, to show me that I need him, to show me that I've acted sinfully, I've done things that are 
morally wrong. I know what it is for the God who created everything to come to me and speak to me. So Paul says, can we just talk about God for a minute? Can we talk about God? Can we talk about you? Can can, can we talk about sin? Can we talk about a person being raised to this new life? Could we do that for a bit? And, And Paul says, can we talk about it in the context of how you used to live your life? And he says it this way, you were, you were dead. Now, obviously, he's not saying you were physically dead. He's talking about spiritual, meaning that, that you were living your life without an intimate relationship with God. Maybe you believed in God. Maybe there were even times that you prayed, but you didn't have a right relationship with God. And then he gives the scriptures to say, this is what that life looked like. And he uses three different ideas to help you understand. And he says, number one, what was that? He says, you were living according to the ways of this world. In other words, you were just kind of being carried along with the current. You were just kind of being carried along with society. And if society said it's okay, you said, well, I guess it's okay. If society said, you can do that, you said, well, I guess I can do that. And so you were just kind of letting your life be conformed to just this present age, the world that we're living in. You you were just kind of looking like everybody else in society. And then he says, a second example is this, that, that, that you followed the ruler of the kingdom of the air. In other words, you let the enemy tempt you. You let the enemy tempt you to sin and you gave in. So you were following the ruler of the kingdom of the air. And then he says, you were gratifying the cravings of your flesh. And when he says flesh, he's just talking about mere humanity, just just my sinful desires. And so you just found yourself just giving in to your sinful desires. There's gotta be somebody in the room saying, wait, wait, just time out. Is it really that bad? I mean, a person who is not following Jesus, is it really that bad? I mean, aren't people basically good in our own strength? I agree with you, Uh uh-uh. I like it when you talk to me. And somebody else says, no, I get it. There's a war in Ukraine. People are doing terrible things to one another. In the last few weeks, we've seen the face of terrorism like we've never seen it before in the world in the Middle East. And now there's war there. I, I, I think it's easy for us to say, but that's, that's those people. Have you forgotten that there was a civil war in this country? Have you forgotten that we once enslaved people in our nation? You know what Paul is really saying? In all three cases, it is a picture without God in it. You're following society, you're following the enemy, and you're following your own sinful desires. In all three, it's a picture without God. And any person left to their own devices, 
is a scary person. What we are capable of is concerning. And we've seen it throughout history over and over and over again. Here's the real issue. When you are dead, you are not capable of coming to God. Do I need to say this? A dead person is incapable of acting. A person who is dead cannot move. And Paul says, you were dead. Thaddeus, jump up here, will you? So Thaddeus, come on up and stand about right here where I'm standing. You can move a little faster than that, brother. And so, um, so right here you go, right here. And so let's say that Thaddeus and I, we're friends, okay? But, uh, but Thaddeus and I have kind of gotten, that's good right there. He, we, we've kind of gotten sideways with each other. Um, I've offended him. Now, I'm making this up. This is not true, but I've offended him, and we're not doing okay. Our relationship is not all right. We're, we're having problems, okay? And so I finally one day, I wanted to end. I want us to get it worked out, and I say to Thaddeus, I say, Thaddeus, um, I, I know that I hurt you, brother, and, and I know that you're upset at me, but uh, I'd like it if we, could, if we could get this ironed out. Could we iron this out, maybe? Would you be interested? Okay, well, would you meet me halfway? Would you do that? And so Thaddeus says, well, sure, I'll meet you halfway. And so here we go. And we come together and we met halfway and we made up and we're all good. You got that? All right, that's good, isn't it? But it is not, listen to me. It is not a picture of prevenient grace. Go back. So Thaddeus we're going to assume that you're playing the role of God and I'm me. And I've sinned. I've offended you. Okay? But I am dead. And dead people are incapable of acting. There's nothing I can do. And so what does God do? Meet me halfway? I can't come halfway. I'm dead. He comes all the way. To where I am. And he awakens my spiritual senses. And he does something in my heart. He initiates the relationship. When I am incapable of doing anything to save myself, God comes all the way to me. Amen? Listen here. I didn't find Jesus. Jesus found me. He initiated the relationship. He came to where I was. Thank you, Thaddeus. You've got to give this man a big hand. Don't you love his spirit? Hey, and just as an aside, you don't bring people to Jesus either. If, if, if God is talking to you about somebody, I promise you he's already talking to them. So all you're going to do is get involved where he is already at work. Amen? So keep praying. August 19th, April 19th, rather. 1995. I'm in Oklahoma City. You know that date. Timothy McVeigh parked a truck, a rental truck, outside of the Alfred P. Murrah Federal Building, loaded with a homemade bomb. Dana Bradley had just entered the Alfred P. Murrah Federal Building with her grandmother, her sister, and her two young children. Her children were only three years old and three months old. They'd gone to get a social security card for her three-month-old son. 
The next thing she knew, a bomb had gone off and she was pinned under a massive concrete. Dana said, I could hear my sister crying and screaming and I was crying and screaming. The only way to save Dana's life in those next hours was to amputate her leg right there. The doctor finished the amputation with a pocket knife. The people who witnessed it said that the pain that she endured was heartbreaking and more than they could bear. Many had to walk away. She lost her two children and her grandmother. Brokenness. So fast forward to just a couple of years ago. Dana Bradley, here's a picture of her, if we can get it on the screen. Aren't you glad we got the screen working? There she is. She was invited to Two Lakes by a, uh, a friend. She met Pastor Thaddeus in Lorraine, and she was very moved by his sermons. Uh, she began to serve at the food pantry, and Dana said, uh, serving in the food pantry was one of the greatest things ever. She said, I just love getting to help people by getting food for them. She joined a women's discipleship group, and then Dana also began to uh, attend a retreat for the Oklahoma District Church of the Nazarene in September. And later, she was baptized at Two Lakes on a Sunday morning. Let's give God some praise for that baptism. She said, Two Lakes has been such a blessing to me. It has changed my life. And Dana is here this morning. I'm gonna ask her to stand so we can celebrate with her all that God is doing in her life. Right here she is. <laughs> Dana, thank you for letting me. Thank you for letting me tell your story this morning. I'm so grateful that you did. Do you understand that at the end of chapter one, Paul talks about Jesus being raised to new life. When we get to chapter two, he says, He has made us alive. And Dana's story is really humanity's story. When Paul paints the picture of humanity, it's a bleak picture, isn't it? You were dead. You were without life. You were separated from God. But here's the deal. God will not get out of the picture. God stays in the picture, in the brokenness. And he's in your picture today. And so Paul says, when we were dead, he made us alive. Here's the deal. If our plight is spiritual death, then the solution is spiritual resurrection. Raising us to a life that we never dreamed we could live. And so here's the question. Here's the question we end with. How will you live? Rick, I think I'm just going to kind of float along with society. 
just kind of get in the current and just let it carry me along wherever society carries me. That's where I'll go. I'm not going to fight too hard when the enemy tempts me. And there'll be times I'll just kind of go along with my own sinful desires. Or, are you here today saying, I want to be raised to a life I never dreamed I could live in Jesus? That's what I want. Yeah. So I want you to stand with me, will you? It could be this morning that, that you're thinking to yourself, Rick, when you talk about everything that God does before I come to know Jesus, you know, the way he speaks, somebody here is saying, God has been talking to me like crazy. God has been speaking to me. God has been putting people in my life. God's been putting situations in front of me. God has been talking to me, and it's time for me to talk to God, to accept Jesus as my personal Savior, to confess my sins, to be forgiven, and to be raised to a life that I never dreamed possible for me. And so if that's where you are today, I would challenge you, come. In a few minutes, we have in our church these altars, and we just love them. They're a place to pray. And this morning, if you want to come and respond to Jesus and say, it's time for me to become a follower of Jesus, I want to begin my journey with Jesus. I'm going to confess my sins. I'm going to believe that Jesus can save me, and I'm going to make him the Lord of my life. This is your day to do that. I'm inviting you to come in just a moment when we sing. It, it could be, though, for you that you're the person who, when I said, if God's talking to you about somebody, he's already talking to them. We don't bring people to Jesus. Jesus is already there with them. Just get involved in what Jesus is doing. And so if there's somebody that you're praying for, somebody that you love, somebody that's far from God this morning, you may want to come and pray for them. And I invite you to come and pray. It, it, it could be this morning that you have a need in your life, a physical situation, and you want a pastor to pray for you. We'd be glad to pray for you this morning. We'll have pastors all around the front and all you got to do is just get their attention. One of them will get with you and pray for you. Thaddeus will be here and Ben and Brighton will be over here. And all of us will be over here to, to pray with you this morning. Yeah. So let me pray for you, Lord. You've been speaking. It's called prevenient grace. You've been talking to people. You've been drawing people. You've been putting people in the lives of others. And Lord, I pray for grace today for people to talk to you, for people to respond. And some of us will come and pray for people we love, and some will pray for other needs, but we're going to end our time together, Lord, with you, talking to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Feel free to come and pray if you would like to come this morning.
just as I am. I come just as I am. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse within.
thankful that he came all the way to meet us when we were dead in our sins. Amen? Go with that awesome knowledge of our great God. You are dismissed. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.